With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome to Monday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host for this evening, Craig Fowler, and I am joined by Ewan Taylor. Hello. And Amy Canavan. Hello. And we are back in person once again after a few weeks of having to do this all remotely. It's just not we're nowhere near as fun. It's just not the same. It doesn't hit the same. No. It's different being in person, doesn't it? And you need to let people just do massive monologues as well. Otherwise... Can't let, interrupt. Yeah, unless you're Dr. McKay. <laughs> 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 oh, it's like Duncan's here. Oh. <laughs> right, guys, a full Premiership weekend. Plenty, plenty to talk about. We won't go too heavy on the VR thing because myself and Joel are going to be kind of reviewing the, the first weekend and, and what we thought of the new system because we were at two games that uh, had it on. We were both at the... And everyone's already bored of it. Oh, yeah, I hate it already. I hate it, I hate it after the first goal. Like the Hibs game. It was like, why is first this lesson. taking so long? Yeah. Hurry up! But anyway, there's uh, plenty to talk about. Despite that, not or for, even even away from VR, lots of lots of goals this weekend. No games that had nil nil, thankfully. Mm. Uh, so quite hard to choose the running order. So just to be lazy, I have just done it in the way that we're going to go basically through the league table. So we'll start at the very top. That was <laughs> Celtic. Steady <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> that was Celtic defeated Heart of Midlothian four three at Tynecastle. A game that I didn't certainly see this coming in terms of how entertaining it would be going back and forth. Celtic taking the lead, Hearts going in front. Celtic taking the lead again, Hearts tying it up and then Greg Taylor winning it for the champions in the end. I was doing hospitality. I was actually pretty happy at the end of the day. I was like, all I want is a scoreline and a performance that doesn't ruin my day. And that didn't happen. So I was like, yep, that'll do, whatever. (laughs) Even though it's a defeat. But the state of the Hearts team right now, it at least showed to me 
there's still a lot of fight in this side, there's still a lot of quality in this side, and once they actually get some proper defenders back into the team, I think they'll be all right. Aberdeen are worrying me a little bit, but we'll come on to them when we get to their match. But let's forget about Hearts for the time being. Amy, what did you make of Celtic's performance? I think if you were a neutral, it was just a fantastic game. I really do. Um, from a purely Celtic perspective, it wasn't like the greatest of games. It's really struggling to pick out a, a, a man of the match, really. Um, and I think, you know, Greg Taylor is, is obviously going to get the plaudits, but I, there was no one, even in the three goals prior to that, that really stood out. Um, I think there was obviously sloppiness at the back as well. Celtic making uncharacteristic uncharacteristic errors at the back um, you know don't really even need VAR there's stonewall penalties or should have been given immediately um, by the referee on the pitch um, but yeah from a Celtic perspective it wasn't the kind of complete performance that we've maybe seen over the last two games because it sort of reverted back to that we spell before Hibs prior to the Hibs game where Celtic hadn't really put in a performance probably since the first half of Real Madrid um, mm. but against Hibs and against Motherwell in the cup in the midweek there was a real rhythm to Celtic's play um, there was a real fluidity but I think credit to Hearts that they didn't allow Celtic to be that fluid and I think integral to that was Cammy Devlin I thought he was superb mm. player of the match by you know by a, by a long stretch um, I think you're starting to see Celtic really struggle with Matt O'Reilly in that slightly deeper position I think you're losing that creativity creativity that he has in abundance um, understand why he's filling that void um, but I, I wouldn't be um, too too hurt at, you know perhaps Adam Moy being pushed back a little bit more and O'Reilly being further forward because I thought Aaron Moy in the final third on the edge of the box was pretty poor actually um, so I think you're what, starting what a miss as well <laughs> what a sitter I think even I really honestly could have scored that <laughs> all I had to um, do was lift it because Gordon was like stretching so far across his goal that he was like yeah. basically like about a foot off the ground if he lifts it a t- instead of trying to go for the corner just put a little bit of height on it and it's definitely a goal it was very synonymous to uh Ange Post, what Ange Postacoglu said would happen the minute he came in. You know, I, I'm all for four three games rather than a a one nil two nil win. Um, so it, the entertainment factor was absolutely there, and at the end of the day, it's three points at a place where Celtic don't necessarily like going. I know everyone sort of goes, oh, think has, but the record's actually not too bad over the last, you know, ten. 10 outings or whatever it may be um, I thought we were just going to go with years yeah. <laughs> decades <Okay. laughs> since, since it's been noticed <laughs> when there was a proper rivalry but um, yeah it's it wasn't a, a great performance Celtic wise but I think nobody's even really talking about it because just everything that happened a 7 goal thriller is just going to overshadow it and to be honest I did actually just really enjoy a really good game of football yeah I mean I would say that for a Celtic point of view I thought they were quite lacklustre in the first half especially mm. They got the goal, they were a goal, uh, well, there would have been a goal ahead at halftime if not for that late penalty, but that was really one of the few chances Celtic created in that half, and it was kind of going back to the games like the like the St Mirren one, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any others off the top of my head, where they just, they looked a little bit out of sorts for, well, A, missing Callum McGregor, but B, the kind of squad rotation that's going on. Second half, I thought they did step it up quite a bit and they, they managed to stretch Hearts quite an awful lot. I was still a wee bit surprised myself in how much they stretched it, but I guess that's when you try to play the game that Hearts are playing and, and trying to stifle them higher up the pitch, you need to have a high line. You can't just have your, your, your forwards high and your defence deep because then you've got yeah, nothing yeah, in the just, middle of yeah. the park. But they managed to get in behind Hearts an awful lot, stretch them, get their backs turned, going towards their own goal. And that ended up being the difference in the end because most of the goals kind of just kind of came for that kind of situation. Uh, especially the winner, which I was 
Uh, very, felt very sorry for Toby Simic. Having watched the goals back, cause I, I tweeted out praise for him on Saturday night, but I wasn't really sure because I'd only seen the goals in real time. I thought, I don't think he's at fault. <laughs> uh, watch the back, he's not. He's not. Impulse no. tweet. He's, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was fairly certain he wasn't, but I thought I saw that. I'll do it anyway. What percent is fairly? How, how strong is fairly? <laughs> Uh, I don't know what is, what is, what is, That's quite brave To only yeah, be was, fairly confident And go alright I'm going to send out a tweet Yeah but I would have like I don't know yeah. Seven that, pints by that point So oh, The, the brave, brave Bravery is already there I thought we Bravery foolishness the, uh, I don't know You could call it whatever you want Because looking at the Hearts team I thought it was the first time In weeks and weeks Where like everybody The whole team Everybody actually looks like They're in the right position Apart mm. from Toby Subic Because he was on the football pitch But then he actually played quite well yeah, So Yeah that was That was surprising But Poor Toby well, You know He's been pish, but uh, but I, I you know I thought he did uh, did all right. It was both both Celtics. Well, all the goals were sort of jammy, but they got into good positions to to make it happen. Obviously, the first one was Keo. I don't even know how he did that. Oh yeah, for, right. for Forrest. If he doesn't uh, touch it, it's going straight yeah. to Gordon. And you think if he does touch it, it's going out for a corner. And somehow, it doesn't yeah. either. Went right <laughs> to James Forrest. Yeah, uh, bizarre. And then, you know, obviously, the winner was off, off a deflection. I mean, Greg Taylor does great to, to get there. Michael Smith does the opposite. But it still, you know, it takes a deflection. It wasn't intended. I thought that in the last so. replay, I was like, Michael Smith really isn't a... He's like, not at full stretch. Yeah, he's not exactly kind of busting a gut as much as Taylor is there. No, he's, he's not. He's I think not that cool. shows, though, that obviously Greg Taylor had just not long came on. I think right. he was a, a fantastic substitution. Obviously, the goal aside, it's very easy to say that when you come on and score the winning goal. But I thought Alexandro Bernabe was having a howler. Um, yeah, I thought he was really, really struggling defensively. And that's kind of been my worry, that even in the last few weeks, we've been praising Bernabe going forward offensively, very good. That was never even a problem when he first came in. Um, but defensively, I think the concerns mm. are still there. And that was the first time he probably came up against a decent opposition, a, a, a decent opponent, sorry. To be um, fair. Yeah. Um it's Josh Ginelli, so I, I, I would I would maybe calm down with your decent opposition player. However, t- to be fair, Josh Ginelli once every seven games is unplayable. This was just maybe the, the, the seventh felt, game. I felt he was very good, and I, but I, again, I just don't think that Bernabe could really contain him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt when Greg Taylor came on, there was a real confidence, a real composure, and like I say, Bernabe was really struggling, and when Taylor came on, there was just, I think you can see the gulf between the two, um, especially the fact that they ended up playing in the, in the same game and not, the rotation's been great, it's been good to have Greg Taylor having a rest, and obviously Juranovic as well, uh, I, um, Another fullback position in Tony Ralston. felt he played a, a great role, obviously, in the first goal. Um, you know, from a Hearts perspective, yeah, not great, but that's just Ralston to a T, you know, never giving up on any ball and, and working his way down to the byline. So I think that, yeah, Michael Smith, I would like to have seen, if it was my player, I would like to have seen him probably be a little bit more intentful towards denying a player or denying a goal. But, um, yeah, you've got the fresh legs of, of Greg Taylor, who was... was so so keen for that ball when Michael Smith probably wasn't. The, the probably goal that didn't have well, it depends how much you want to call the third one luck. You could call it luck. You could call it Craig Gordon yeah, being goalkeeping. old. Yeah, <laughs> look, it's starting to look a bit old and they look well, a bit creaky. Called it. <laughs> yeah, well, mm. yeah, it's starting to look like he is uh, it powering down. As a avid Alan McGregor watch, I can tell you. They do fall off a cliff eventually. So, so you could, but you can say there's an element in the luck just because it's just a terrible error from a goalkeeper that mm. you don't usually expect that from. But the, the one goal there wasn't any luck, um, which I knew was coming all game, and I said that as right, soon as right. he was in the starting eleven was Jackamacus. Jackamacus yeah. Jackamacus scoring a header against his heart's defence was an absolute <laughs> fucking certainty, and I'm really annoyed that I put I put like twenty odd quid worth of bets on, <laughs> and they were all bets on hearts getting hammered. <laughs> 
And I did put on a bet with a bet builder and I had Jack and Marcus to score in it. But I wish I'd just done, I wish I'd just kept all that money. Like, it must have been about 30 quid in total and just stuck that all on Jack and Marcus anytime. Because yeah. then I would have some money and I would, you know, not be happy, but happier than seeing my team lose and not even any of the bets coming in either. Had that a bad goal screwed, I would at least got my money back. I was the only person, the only house one in the stadium got that. No, don't rule out. Yakimakis' movement is always so good in the box as well. Like it, it wasn't, it, it well, it didn't actually need to be that great for the goal, and um, because I just felt the Hearts defence just actually just, um, it's like they couldn't even see him. Yeah. Like he's like he's a big centre forward. He's the one that you should really be looking out for. Um, but I think a lot throughout the game, a lot of his work goes unnoticed. He's moving. He's peel, he's the peeling away from defenders, dragging other defenders away. Um, he's a real nuisance in the box, and it's a really powerful header. He doesn't it doesn't need to be a great header to to really um, get by because you know. He should not be allowed that much space in that area right in front of the goal. Um, so, yeah, from a heart's perspective, it is very poor, but I think Yakimax's um, presence is just so overpowering. Mm. Just don't have enough natural defenders probably in the team, ultimately. No, it's, they've, they've conceded so many goals for cross yeah. balls because th- I, that's a problem as well and something that probably should have addressed. Stephen Kingsley is deceptively decent in the air for somebody his size, but... None of the other centre-halves are. Even Kai Rolls isn't very good in the air uh, mm. when you look at the stats. Um, Craig Halkett's one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league, now that Darren McGregor no longer applies. Mm-hmm. And Suter was very good at it as well, like kind of getting out about 66, 60, uh, 66%, I think he averaged. So they need somebody else who can head the ball because it is literally just Craig Halker right now and he's still not back. Although yeah. I spoke to him today and he's hopefully been back soon. What was he doing today? <laughs> he, was, he was playing paddle. Enlightened. Hmm. It's a new sports sensation. Yeah, sweeping. it's like a mixture of squash and yeah. tennis. Outdoor, indoor. It was in well. Oh, can I be played in both? Either you can play either. Yeah, and this know, why am I looking at you, Philip? It's almost you like and, it's yeah. almost like it's like a, you sort of play on like a five a side pitch. I would say it's almost so. Yeah, so, so it could be inside, could be outside, but you've got to you can play it off the back wall. This one was like a mixture of outside and inside because it was covered. They had a roof on it, but it's it was a mixture. It was still very much. It yeah, was, you could, if you can imagine play. a five it's like a side Wimbledon when the roof comes over, yeah, it's kind of like that. Wow. So I played it in Spain with, and it didn't have a roof. But then yeah, but you don't need the roof there. Yeah, you don't need it there. But yeah, in Scotland, when I've played it, it's, it's always had a roof, wisely. For, from a heart's perspective, except from all the other players missing, and it was good. I thought, before the game, when I saw the teams and I saw they were going to line up, I was like, Robert Snodgrass in a, a deeper midfield role, which he, he played yeah, fairly successfully against the Kamarnock. Um, but I kind of thought, this game, no way. He's not going to have the legs for this. I thought he was probably Hart's best player. And I'm, mm. I'm quite impressed by the signing so far, even though he's not been used in the way that I think any Hearts fan envisioned when he did sign. Yeah. Though I think he was marking Jack Amakis, wasn't he? But he I mean, was. Nah. Uh, he's just, you know, you're, you're not going to get him winning headers at defensive corners, I'm afraid. It's just, no. But obviously they didn't have anybody else to, to do that job. But, um, but yeah, I thought he played well. Right, let's move on. But before we do, we've got another advert. Green King Pubs, yay, once attended. Green King, your home of pub sport. With over 900 sports pubs across the UK, Green King is where the fans go, showing every broadcast game, every live sporting event from BT and Sky Sports on tap. Now, before on this podcast, I have talked about my appreciation for Green King Pub and that the Kerstorfen Inn, my local growing up, was one. But that's enough of that. Ewan, is any kind of... Green King pubs you used to live beside. <clears throat> yeah, we won't talk about the one I live beside now. Um, <clears throat> for legal reasons. Um, but, uh, yeah, I used to live near the Merlin. 
in, Lovely. Uh, in Morningside. Well, I lived in Brunswick, but it was uh, as a Morningside. Of course, you lived in Brunswick. <coughs> I did. And, uh, That's why he's the one that's turned up with a shirt and tie. <laughs> shirt and tie. Shirt and tie, yes. Someone has to bring and class. And knows what paddle is. is. <laughs> and this indoor and outdoor. I just mix in those kind of circles. And, uh, uh, we yeah. do not. <laughs> <laughs> no. <clears throat> and, uh, no, I don't mix in the circle of anybody who wears no. a tie. Except you for you. That. You do now. You do now. Uh, welcome. Um, and uh, no, it's, it's a good uh, football pub, but there's not that many good football pubs in uh, that neck of the woods in Edinburgh, I would say. Because they're too so, busy playing paddle. Indeed. And polo. There's a polo club down there. Down there the is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, um, and croquet. We also have that. And golf, presumably. And golf. Yep, yeah, we do. Um, but uh, but no, it's, uh, yeah, it's a good, good uh, just meat and potatoes football pub, I would say, in Maryland. So if you need anywhere to watch football in Morningside, I would say the Maryland's probably, if not your best bet, the only bet. I uh, have, I've only, I've only been in once, but even that has fond memories because it was after we had watched the pilot, the finished pilot for A View for the Terrace. We, uh, Studio Something, booked out the Dominion. Uh, well, not booked out, but you know, booked out the screen in, in the Dominion. the entire Dominion, <laughs> all screens. <laughs> nice. I don't care what you're wanting to come and watch, you're uh, now watching this. Yes. You're gonna lo- the you're pilot to lo- of these four uh, tubes. <laughs> you have to lobby the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, five tubes, please. Let's show some respect to Robert Borthwick. Over Robert Borthwick, of course, sorry, Robert. Yes. <laughs> and um, we went into the Merlin afterwards for a, for a couple, having already consumed a few in, mm. inside the Dominion. And so, yeah. And obviously we've got the pilot and everything. We got we got the show and everyone worked out perfectly, but yeah, well, yeah. I don't think I've been back since. But I, I quite liked it inside, so yeah. I'll need to stop in next time I'm in the morning side, which will be I don't know. Never. And you're back for a Napier alumni event. Oh, yeah. We can go at that. Now I've been in a few times as well from uni. It's good for it is very good for the football big screens. And again, as you says, you don't get that many good pubs around that area that will you know, especially for the early kickoffs when you're finishing uni about five and there's a five forty five mm. half five kickoff. You don't want to be trekking in the town town. Mm-hmm. So if you just stay out on the outskirts, but no, the Maryland's nice, nice big place as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, big yeah, plan. spacious. Yeah, spacious. Yes. Yeah, so you don't feel like that anyone's listening to your conversations. So I can mm. talk about the people over there because that's what I like to do. <laughs> Right, let's move on to the game at Ibrox at the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Rangers won, <laughs> Livingston won with Rangers. I mean, uh, uh, how, many time, how much time was added on for injuries? Because I just saw this on the sports scene. Uh, sorry, injuries and VAR. Uh, mm. Because I saw it came up like Lundstrom scored and then it was 90 plus one. And then, because I remember after the Hertz game, I went to Jesse Mays and it was on, on, the, on the telly. Um, I'm not sure how legal that is. But, um, it's not. It was, <laughs> Cut. <laughs> um, I, I went to some unnamed bar and it was on, yeah. on the telly. Uh-huh. And um, I remember Rangers having a heady chance that, that went over. And I thought, oh, okay. And then I saw the Cholak one. I was like, oh, yeah, was I? That, that, that's, I thought it was Lundstrom. And then there's like another two chances. And then uh, Lundstrom puts a header over the bar. Yeah. So, so if Rangers could just play the entire game like they did injury well, time. Well, yeah. So, that, that was, so we actually had... Uh, you know, to nerd alert, XG stats. Forty percent of Rangers' XG was in injury time. So, <laughs> uh, and more than more than a quarter was after we scored as well. So after the ninety first minute, how is goal, this possible? So yeah, so the, we had uh, yeah, there was five efforts on goal in the in injury time. Um, some of which were the best, basically the best chances in the game. Uh, and Lundstrom had a, missed a bit of a sitter, really. Uh, and that, that was 98th minute. 
That we're only meant to be chance. 97 minutes, um, so we got a wee extra one. Uh, but there, there were there were delays because uh, the bar, um, red card took a while to, to sort out. Um, I am but, shocked. <laughs> but, which what well, that was a red card, but uh, but the, the thing with that obviously so obviously Livingston are down to ten men, but they also uh, Guthrie got injured, so couldn't defend. So that's actually the reason why that happened because Livingston only had nine men. So that is why Rangers all of a sudden started making loads of chances. And had that not happened, Rangers would not have scored. Like it was one of those games where like we aren't just <coughs> absolutely never scoring today, um, and eventually you know, managed to. But yeah, the, the horrendous performance. How concerned around. are you of the performances? Uh, well, Multiple. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I mean, I think the game's a bogey. Um, for Van Bronckhorst, I mean, I'd be very surprised if he pulls it back from here. Um, this seems like the players only responding to them now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the performances have been pretty ropey. The whole season, I would say the, the odd decent one when probably PSV away is the only one you'd really say that was a really good performance. Yeah, a few like four 0 wins at home, um, which have been fine, but you know, four 0 win fine. I know, but like they have fine. been. Like, They've been somewhere they just haven't. Been that. Like, oh my god, please! <laughs> I know, but they haven't been that. You know, it's been like Cholak, just like every chance goes in. So yeah. it's like fairly unsustainable, which unfortunately didn't happen on uh, on Saturday. So. You know, that, 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 you know, we've been bumbling along. We're having an absolutely terrible against Motherwell. We've been really, really bad in every game since the, and including obviously the yeah, the Liverpool 7 1 disaster. So, we've, Can I, you I, see I, that I how think, that could be a confidence yes, knocker? It has been, it has been. I think we've learned anything in Scottish football this season. If you could beat, concede seven goals in a game, you tend that tends to be a knock on confidence, which then, you know, has a spiraling effect on, <laughs> on the rest of the team. And that has happened to us because we were. Obviously horrendous against Liverpool in the, towards the end of that game. Horrendous against Motherwell. Very lucky to win. I think if we're playing any team other than Motherwell, maybe in the in the league, we probably drop points. Uh, yeah, at least away from home. Dundee game. Fucking hell. That is the worst Rangers performance I've seen. That was miles was worse than Livingston. That second Jesus half was something else. You're like you're talking about like so extra time. You keep looking at the clock. Yeah. Like, I could not believe. <laughs> I like, oh my god, we're only at fifty-two like, minutes. If we if we play any team, I, in, you know, in in the Premiership, we lose that. I think because that's how bad we were. Maybe even a better championship team than Dundee would have beaten us, and then followed that up with Livingston, which is. If maybe, it wasn't, I mean, it was, it was. I think it was actually better than the Dundee performance. Just. But it's, I mean, that's, that is four it's games fine in fine margins here. <laughs> at, least, at least like three and a half games you'd take because we did actually play well in the first half against Liverpool. But since then, just, you know, I don't know how many hours of football that is, but all utter shite. And, uh, and you know, if not getting worse, then at least just to stay at that base level. So it's it's looking pretty grim. Uh, I, I, I've sort of hoped for a few weeks that Van Bronckhorst was, was not long for the job. Uh, and I think that probably is the case. I, I don't know if this would be a, yeah, you know, across football generally, but I think a lot of managers might find that the World Cup isn't is a good thing having it mid season because it's obviously quite a good time to change manager. But I, I had thought I didn't really want him. You know, a lot of people want him sacked after the Liverpool game, and uh, and then just you know after how bad the Dundee game was, people wanted him sacked even for a for a win. But um, I, I sort of thought, well, his results domestically are good to actually the best ever of an Rangers manager, I think. If you take the old firm games out of it, um, he's got the best win record of any Rangers what do they, manager. But do they knock out? Well, well, no, they do. But, <laughs> but, but, yeah, but we don't have, the point was, we don't have any of those between now and... Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So it's like, well, we'll just, even if we keep on playing rubbish, we're better 
you know, letting Gio manage these games than like David McCallum. Haven't seen that mm-hmm. house game. <clears throat> you know, Vermarker still now hasn't lost to, to any uh, any other team in Scotland other apart from Celtic. So in, in almost a year now. So you know, in any competition. So I thought we'll just keep might as well just keep sort of bumming along. We'll probably not drop many points. We might maybe draw an away game or whatever, but we will win our home game and it's fine. But and then see where you are obviously at the World Cup. But I, I, I think it's, it's fairly unsustainable. I mean, I think he really is now. I mean, we're playing Napoli on Wednesday. <sighs> I mean, if that's, that's not double figures, then I'd be surprised at this rate. Honestly, we need them to play their B team. Uh, I mean, they're already qualified, so hopefully they just don't. Oh, they go easy. Us. Yeah, because if they if they try, they're, they're more stunning football right now really, as well. Like, they're so, we're, so good. We're, we're really uh, fucked in that Does game. his comments like annoy you or affect you know, like it's sort of affect not effectively but when asked like you know we're only in what mid-october like is the season sort of done and he never categorically went no of course we can still win the title and um, there were some ropey comments through yeah the week. he just his attitude of, perhaps he, yeah. he's just I, I don't but that doesn't really wind me up the how he's i quite like him being like calm and i don't really i mean he boring. doesn't have much he is boring, <laughs> he is boring. I, I don't I, it doesn't wind me up um but it does wind some people up, uh, and it, it's just I, I think it, it does. It, he doesn't really have much to fall back on, Memorquest, because you always need to. You know, obviously results will always fluctuate pretty much every club, uh, even you know, even within the parameters of the, that that club's used to. But you, when when they go badly, you need something to fall back on as a manager. Now that could be the way your team plays if that's really exciting, but you start to lose games. You know, he doesn't have that because it's not exciting. Um, you can be really charismatic. He doesn't have that. Um, so it's like, what it, what does he really have? A Europa to, League to final back? appearance. He has a Europa League final appearance, and that. But and if he had won that, then he would be absolutely golden. Have Putson maybe is it? Two two kicks away. <laughs> okay, but um, you're having too much fun right now. <laughs> Settled it. You know, and, and that was and yeah, that's that was choice. a great run. And I do think I do think some people sort of are now trying to like reverse engineer that and say, well, he doesn't deserve any something weird happened with that, and he doesn't really deserve credit for it. He deserved loads of credit for that because he was a big part of. I think it's because everyone's blanking out and going, look where Rangers have come from the last ten years, being in the depths. I'm like, they were only in a Europa League final a matter of months ago. Yeah, you know, like yeah. this return to the Champions League. Oh wow, playing Liverpool at Ibrox. This is look where they've came from. Only a matter of months ago, yeah. they were in the that's second bigger, yeah. tier. Uh, final, you know, that's a yeah. huge achievement. That should be the comparison. The, yeah, of course, that is. And going, oh, yeah, but Pedro Cusino was in a bush. Like. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, like Pedro wasn't uh, as dull as, <laughs> as Gio. No, he was um, great fun. So he, he, was, he was a good laugh. But uh, we, need, we need more stuff about the caravans from uh, Gio. Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember um, Dick Avoca calling all the, saying all the players had fat necks, which is like some kind of Dutch saying. So maybe Gio needs to bring that, crack that one out. But uh, I think it was after a draw against St John's, if I recall correctly. John Lundstrom has quite a fat neck, I would say. Yeah, that like a, like being being quite bulky as well, being in your yeah. shoulders and being quite well built. Yeah, I don't you know, know like what, that. What's that, that dog that always gets like? There's a there's a meme that always gets put about like there's a dog stuck on the shoulders of John Lundstrom. Nah, no. I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I know what. Maybe it's just in like my sort <laughs> of circle a, of group yeah. chats. Well, I'll find it. I'll send it. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, so that, that, so he doesn't really have anything to fall back on. I think ultimately that's what we'll do for him pretty quickly. Um, 
you know, I, I can't. I just it, we're one. We're one really bad. And maybe in Napoli they'll just write that off if you know, we get bad through which we will. Um, but that obviously would kill the the, the Europe, I mean, it's already dead, but it would it would kill it again um, the European campaign completely. And then uh, the Aberdeen game this this weekend coming. Mm. He's better bloody win that. Yes. Well, <laughs> we'll try our best. Well, I'm already looking at the flying points between Hearts and Aberdeen and getting worried. Yeah. Can yeah. I have them winning games at Ibrox? No. Well, hopefully not. Um, but, it, it, you know, at the moment, I mean, certainly if, if we'd been playing Aberdeen at the weekend there, I think we probably would have lost. Yeah. So. Well, don't, let's talk finish. about Livy because they, they did yes. uh, play a, a big part in this game. I was surprised at the, the setup of their team because it was a very, very narrow midfield mm. with basically five centre midfielders all yeah. playing. Um, but did that. Was that the ideal kind of tactics for the fact that Rangers are not moving the ball around well enough? So if you set yourself up and you get quite narrow and you trust your centre-backs in Oberlein, Fitzwater to deal with how many crosses, Amy? 73. 73 crosses. Mm-hmm. And then uh, was that just a perfect game plan? Yeah, well, I think it worked, yeah. I mean, that, that was... a. If anyone subscribes to the Athletics, a very good piece from Jordan Campbell, who was like inside the the Livingston camp this week, um, or or last week rather, and uh, yeah, that was you know Martindale talked about the approach, and that was obviously, it, it, you know, that was the approach. Stay ready, narrow. We trust our centre halves to head the ball away. Um, you know, just don't let Kent come inside. Don't let anybody make runs inside. Watch Scott Arfield, but it was fairly simple, um, in the. In the game Saturday, uh, and you know, just uh, just head head to loads of crosses away, and that's what <laughs> Rangers just played into into their hands. I mean, it's, not, it's just yeah, it, it is quite easy to to play that, especially when we only played with one winger. Um, so it was only Kent playing on on the left, and and our field was sort of playing a sort of false winger on the other side. So it was very lopsided. There was no real threat from the from the right hand side. Um, especially because the the ghost of James Tavernier is playing right back at the moment, so so yeah, Livingston were were really well set up, and I think they talked about um, Martindale in that piece talked about if he was going to change it, he was going to go. Um, I think he said he was going to go four one four one, but he said but it's four number eights, not mm-hmm. with wingers. So that was always the plan, like you know, stay really really narrow the whole uh, the you know the whole ninety minutes, um, which uh, which yeah. Uh, which worked, and I, and I think it was just the it was the red card that uh, that saved saved Rangers uh, in terms of getting the drawback because you know Livingston just looked incredibly comfortable uh, defending uh, up until that point. Right, let's move on to the team I'm a bit worried about at the moment. That is Aberdeen, who went to Fort Park where they hadn't won in seven attempts and won two one in this one with Mayowski and Duke both getting on the score sheet. Jim Goodwin is now devised a system that's able to get those two players into the same team and playing mm. in their, their strongest positions, which is through the centre, with a kind of almost lopsided 3-4-1-2 mm. that has uh, the back three of McCrory, Stewart and Scales with Richardson, the previously playing right back, moved up into kind of the wing-back role where he can then... Because Richardson, for what I've seen so far, doesn't look like too much of a defender or a footballer but he's somebody mm. that can run all day so if you stick him in the wing back role and he's tasked with going forward and backwards that's going to get the best out of him and it's certainly getting the best out of Duke who scored again at winning goal although the the real kind of highlight for this what I thought was Miofsky's finish for the for the Stunning. opening goal oh, just so Beautiful. so cool and I thought for the initial angle I thought it was one of those ones where he lifts it but the goalie kind of moves it away if you actually see for behind the goal he needs to get that yeah. much height on it did otherwise you not, Kelly did is you getting to try that recently and completely fluff it 
Well, I know, but I've got it in my head that he, he tried Even to like better to do that. that again. Yeah, yeah, just did it again, and it worked this time. But I'm sure he had like a one on one and just completely fluffed it, trying to dig the keeper. Um, but now he's a good finisher. I mean, what a terrible offside decision that was <laughs> to, to rule it out initially. So that was like the good side of our because that would have been a goal that you know a really nice goal that would have been not given um but uh but no, you do I, wonder how much though they're still kind of in their own heads about stuff like that though because it's the kind of thing to to wait and to put the flag up at the end and you you wonder how much like they're still kind of getting used to everything and they're just i think that's it's i don't, know, I don't want it, to rely on it though that's yeah, the I know, point but i'm just yeah. I'm, I'm maybe giving the official give far, a lot of credit yeah i know yeah. maybe maybe but it's just it's possibility because otherwise it's, you're right it's terrible it's about yeah, three yards yeah, on side yeah, was, that, was, that, was, that was a bad one um but no i mean i mean i think aberdeen goodwin definitely deserves a bit of credit for it does seem i mean he's obviously not planned it this way but he's just tried to work out how to probably you know as much trying to like deal with some players' deficiencies as 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 you're trying to get um you know good players in the team. I think McCrory actually probably answers his best position probably is one of a back three. I mean it's very difficult to work out what Ross McCrory We're is. We're gonna have this conversation been. about Ross McCrory I until know, he dies. But I think his upside probably as a certain half in terms of being on the ball is is good. Whereas if he's a mid in, in midfield that he's not good enough on the ball. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think but he's one of these guys you probably do want him in the team, but he's not he's not good enough going forward to be a right back. But then he is probably you know he's quite good as a probably defines like utility player. Yes, yeah. mm, no, chuck him around. Yeah. But um, you'll know as well just from a, a couple of weeks ago against Hearts, like there is a, there's a real flair about Aberdeen, hmm. um, and they are they, similarly to St Mirren actually. I mean, I, I, I did wa- I did watch that game on a phone in a pub in Milan. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't okay, the, maybe not. Didn't get, the, didn't get the best of sense of what Aberdeen were all about. Um, other Hearts fans then um, mm. who consumed it. Um, no, there there is there's a real zip about them, and they're just quite enjoyable to watch. Um, Yoon spot on mm. getting Miofsky and, and Duke and getting them playing well in the positions that they, they can excel in. Um, Goodwin deserves an awful lot of credit and I agree with you with Richardson. The pace there is, is really quite important because that's maybe they don't have that elsewhere on the pitch but what mm-hmm. they do have, they have a lot of players that can, can play ball. I'm a huge Coulson fan. Really, really mm-hmm. like Hayden Coulson. Um, and you're allowing, you know, he, maybe, maybe the the pace isn't exactly as well, nobody's pace as much in uh, Richardson's to be honest, yeah. um, but it is you're weighing weigh, weighing it out and there's there is just a real balance across the side. I'm obviously from a Celtic perspective, it's nice seeing Liam Scales playing as well. Obviously picked up the red card a few weeks ago, um, but I think he is very comfortable with the ball at his feet and coming forward. That was obviously the whole point about when he came over from Celtic is that he played over, he played um, in full-back position, centre-half position, he even played in midfield before as well. So he is pretty decent with the ball at his feet because that's one thing that I don't think Anthony Stewart's very good at. Um, no. I think he's good aerially. Um, no, he's, t- he's, he's very, very poor with the ball at his but feet. But I yeah. think... Um, I think there's a, there's a few worries and you a few moments that you go, oh. Um, so I think, <laughs> just like that. Um, but... Yeah, I think that there is just it's that. Like that Joey honey school back to There is a, there's a perfect balance, and you know Johnny Hayes is still just oh, so good at this. He's just mm. we're talking about pace actually. Um, yeah, he I'd could still get, like when he gets, comes back into the team, he yeah. could give them sort of a bit more. It would be less lopsided maybe because they might 
go with you know Hammer Richardson on on both wings and but the midfield's good as well. I mean I think you know Ramadani is a decent player, Clarkson's a decent Clarkson player. Clarkson looks Barron bad. is a good player. Yeah. Barron's a really good player. So and he you know he's only just coming back into the team in the last couple of weeks. So yeah, I don't like this. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> there's a lot of positives yeah. to pick out Aberdeen right now. I think I mean the, I don't I don't want yeah. the European tour. I don't I don't care that they deserved it more than anybody really <laughs> for all, for all the years they finished second and third yeah. and you know we're we're falling short of the Europa League, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't care. I want I want Hearts to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So you wouldn't pass the buck, like even though Hearts, that's quite a good one actually. So that's I'm really quite intrigued by that. That even the Hearts dip in league form this uh-huh. season, and I know there's been injuries, obviously, but that has to align with the the demands of the European yes. football as well. You would still take that again, yes, even because that's that's only how you you grow the club further. Mm-hmm. Is that you keep doing it every season until you stop getting papped in Europe and then it affecting your home form and if you can get to that you're clearly the third best team in the country and then that's just a position of power it's mm. a very un- it's a I would even say at the start of the season it was a bit of a, a long shot because I knew it would be tough on the, the, the Hertz players not as tough as, as, as what's happened um, and, and not just that because you also need the coefficient to stay sufficient enough what it is that it's not going to drop off because one year out of it we're really that, helping out here Ewan you'll, you'll just be you'll just be back no, to normal we're taking a year off <laughs> You did, did enough last year. We did taking the last six years. Hertz will Herzl, um, help the coefficient when we get our frustrating one-all draw with uh, RFS on yep. Thursday. Uh, it's yeah. booze ring around Tynecastle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was yeah. that was kind of what you want. So yeah, even though it's been a bit of a struggle this year, like the fact is as well, it's Hertz have now kind of domestically. I mean, they, they might not show for anything because they might lose at County, and can't remember there's another away game coming up soon as well. So it might it might actually matter for bug at all, uh, but we are only still five points away with mm. a, just a an injury crisis that even with the extra demands on the team, I don't think anybody saw coming. Yeah, it's also that this year is slightly um, unique in the, the you know with the World Cup. So actually, I'll be obviously Aye, it's all been crammed in a lot more, games, but there's a lot more. So you can see, I mean, you know, Rangers have had more injuries than we would normally would have. I think Celtic have as well. I mean, the fact that Connor Goldson and Cal McGregor get injured is a sign that like, the yeah. times are coming. Ah, yeah, exactly. So, they never get injured. Yeah, so. it's like the most robust players. So it's um, so yeah, I, I would, it, it it's been particularly, but it's been a bad year if you if you know to to have uh, these extra games. I guess the thing that um, it's a comfort to myself and any other Hearts fan and to fans of Hibs and St Mirren and anybody else who's, who's kind of eyeing up third place is that Aberdeen for all the abilities in their team and I'm looking through the side and there's not any position I can look at and say he's a weak link kind of thing because even like I said Stuart's very poor on the ball but as long as you don't give it to him especially if he's playing now in the mm. centre of a back three that kind of masks those deficiencies they're, they're strong throughout the side but they rarely ever seem to put in a performance that's quite dominant or where they don't kind of well, they've had a few when they've been, either, the either, been down to 10 men. Uh, either rider luck or the other team gets a man sent off. That seems to have happened quite a lot this season. So it still feels like it's yet to fully click. Uh, and in this game as well, Motherwell had their chances. Um, mm. Kevin Van yeah. Veen especially. Yeah. I, I thought the first one was a... It's one of those ones where... There was an, well, there should have been an inevitability about Kevin Van Veen scoring against Aberdeen. Well, I know, I, sorry, yeah. so, but it's because I said that it was going to happen on, on the Friday show. That's <laughs> Just why, you. That's why it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the first one where he kind of goes... He manages to nick the ball off the, the keeper. Uh, but it's a mm. bit slight of a narrow angle. He, sh- he still should do better. It was exactly what I think it was Craig Anderson described as. Yeah, a lot of players missed that chance. Yeah, because he was talking about uh, Humphreys one yeah. against Kelly. Um, yeah. yeah, and so that was a prime example of that is to slide it past the far post. Yeah. But it's his second one. Like, mm. he's six yards out and he literally just passes yeah. it back to Ruth. It's I think he may finish. have been offside. 
possibly. No, I don't think it was. But it was, it was tight. Uh, it was tight. But so you think he thought he might have been? Well, yeah, I think maybe. Yeah, and I, th- I, I don't know. It was, it was one of those where you had to get the lines out. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think uh, I, I, if if Aberdeen do have a weak link, I think it might be emerging uh, in the keeper, Rose. I, I, I think he might start to become a weak link. I know he's been decent enough, but he started, I mean, he dropped a couple. of Clangers, I would say. Uh, I don't think he did that well for the goal. Um, McKinstry, good finish, but I thought Rose was a wee bit slow to get down. And, and then obviously the one where Van Veen uh, next off him was a bit of a disaster. So from reading about him before he signed, he his whole career has basically been like, he's got in and then played quite well and then had a couple of games where he just played howlers and then got dropped. Yeah. And so I, I could feel that maybe, maybe come back. I mean, they do have Joe Lewis who's not, you know, uh, he, he's looked to be a bit rickety in the last couple of seasons, but you know he's not a, probably pretty strong for a for a number two. Um, so I wouldn't be that surprised at that. I know we, I think it, people said that at the start of the season, and it's not happened yet. But I still think it might happen. Yeah. Um, As for Motherwell, they set up the the knock on this Motherwell side is that they're still quite what's the word uh, agricultural. Mm. Um, like a lot of battlers, not really many footballers, but the. Try to put as many footballers as possible into the starting eleven. You had McKinstry, you had Spittle, Tierney, and Goss all in the midfield. But I think he maybe overplayed it and didn't quite get the balance Still right. Not this overly thing. inspiring, is it? Like you look across, no. and I like I, I'm That's a fan a, of Stuart McKinstry. Um, yeah, but technically good. Is that not just levels though? Because yeah. <laughs> because Blair Spittle is a technical player, but whether he's you know technically good enough for Motherwell to get I don't know top six, I'm not mm. too sure. No. So yeah, Sean Goss uh, continues to be. I don't know, are you any good or not? It's like the honeymoon period's slightly over for Hamill. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. how long it exactly lasted. But like it, it did though because I know, and I keep battering back to it, but the defeat to Hearts, they, they were really were impressive and there was good football played. And against Celtic, there was some good football played, um, not in the League Cup. Um, mm. But yeah, and then, so the, the, the switch from uh, in League to the League Cup was, was astronomical against Celtic because yeah. it was just, I think agriculture is a great word, just very, uh, um, is the way that I would put it, rather than agricultural, because yeah. I'm tired. It probably like, comes and from, that's what, I think it comes from maybe the centre half, it's like they can't really play football. Yeah. There's no so, zip, there's yeah. there's nothing that's really getting the, the, the beat going. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's frustrating when you do have a, a striker like Van Veen up top, um, because... Although not at the weekend, he, he does know how to find the back of the net. Yeah. Um, but if, the last few performances have been very, very poor. I would, I would go as far to say. I, I think they still played well because I think they did, they did play reasonably all right in this game as well. They can maybe count themselves a bit unlucky that they weren't too much ahead, for instance. And um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. St. Mirren to Dundee United one. I watched this game. Firstly, can I say? VR is going to be an absolute nightmare for watching effective time on Wisecout. Uh, because I watched that entire game and I had no idea about the disallowed goal for VR <laughs> until I watched Sports Scene. I was like, what? When did this happen? I'm fairly sure effective time on VR stopped it as soon as he flung the, uh, yeah, the forearm it, it, it and never happened. Bitch never, happened. never happened. That's just. <laughs> yeah, it's. Because it's, uh, I, I wonder that with like stats and stuff, like, do you then do you like count that as possession? Or? No, you wouldn't. No, you just. So that's you would just, pull it back. Like, that's the foul. Dead. just Aye. never happened. Um, yeah, Weird. I mean that—that's that, obviously the most egregious VAR decision of the of the week. I would say. Yeah, because uh, yep. was was that a clear and obvious error? I would say no, no, no. And it just seems like it shouldn't 
and I know there's all this thing about attacking piece of play and all that, but it just seems that that shouldn't. You know, a Dundee United player touches the ball, albeit you know, just sort of hits off his ankle or whatever. But a Dundee United player touches the ball after that, and yet you still you're still going back to that. And it was it you know it was in somewhere in someone's half. It just feels too far away for it to have anything. And was it definitely a foul? And it? yeah, and exactly. And you probably Not wasn't entirely even, sure. No, because yeah. he makes a meal out of it. Like yeah. Yeah, it's the sort of foul you'd always see given in Europe. I was thinking if you if you touch mm. a player's opposition player's face, you always give a, a foul, and that you get booked. Tend to tend to get booked, but um, but yeah, that just seemed uh, that that's you know the, obviously the worst side of ours when it le- feels like they're looking at every goal, find trying to find a reason to rule it out, which should, you know shouldn't really be the case. Um, so that that was that was pretty uh, just annoying to to watch. Um, but uh, and if you you know, see compared to for example, if someone scores from a corner. And the corner's been wrongly awarded. The bar doesn't look at that, or a free kick because you know exactly the same. But then you you do look at that. That just seems wrong. But whether they'll ever you know try and fix that in bar, obviously it's been um, that that's how you know it's, it's the same um, everywhere else. It's not like it's a Scottish way of interpreting it, or whatever. But that just seems annoying, and that will really wind people up if that is repeated. Especially if you're watching an effective thing. Yes. <laughs> Because don't know that's happened. Because otherwise, this was a very yeah. good game. I, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed. Enjoyable. I enjoyed watching this back. I, I thought both teams played pretty well overall. Dundee United, especially in the second half, after Stephen Fletcher came off the bench, mm-hmm. that gave him a real kind of real shot in the arm. Like, and, and not just in the ways that you kind of think about him, you know, occupying defenders, holding up, kind of thing. He was even good at like running the channels and mm-hmm. stuff. It was a, yeah. it was a kind of Stephen Fletcher of old, mm-hmm. and really. They were the better team for most of the second half. They just, that, like a three minute period where St. Martin got a few corners and set pieces and then mm. they scored for one of them. And that was, that ended up being the difference. Yes. Becoming a very clever side, um, yes. St. Martin. And, you know, wax and lyrical non stop about the midfield. And um, I thought Keanu Bacchus again at the, at the weekend was, you know, just outstanding. Yeah. I think he won back possession eight times. Um, in the midfield and you know Mark O'Hara again it's just like he's got a new lease of life um, and it, not that he's ever been poor but he's just always been like right Mark O'Hara's there like Mark O'Hara's there I think it's a perfect team for yeah. Mark O'Hara in terms of like you're, you're, you're on a team that's tasked with winning the ball back and then once you win the ball back running a straight line towards the opposition goal that's what Mark O'Hara can do very well yes summed up perfectly there <laughs> and, uh, and and Ethan Aarhorn as well yeah. um, you know they're, they're just very very talented players and I think when you've got that midfield click in the way that St Mirren do um, and you know even I, I've never really been the biggest Curtis Main fan um, even when well. even when he was decent at, at, at Motherwell um, but I think he, he looks like he's, he's getting involved in St Mirren or getting him he's not just right the target man you can see the ball his confidence for that yeah, shot he had as well absolutely he's what is he doing he's amazing at shooting and hitting the bar from miles out which is I'll be it, you know, of that, so limited use. but yeah but he did it at Ibrox yeah, yeah, unbelievable shot off the bar and he did it again and he did it again there so yeah fair play to him because sometimes he looks so clumsy Mean mm. and then and then the other times he does things just silky. Like, yeah, ah, it's very very really hot and point. cold. But there's just there's a real joy watching St Mirren right now, and you can totally understand why there was or still is potentially a little bit of interest in Stephen Robson um, in, the, mm. in the Northern Ireland job um, because you know he, he's came in and you know if you think back to that League Cup campaign in, in the summer there was some dreadful football played really really mm-hmm. dreadful football but he just by time and said you know just just hang fire sort of thing and there, there were rightly St Mirren fans getting pretty worried that this is we can't go on like this um, but having that little bit of th- faith um, you know th- they are going to be up there and contesting I know that seems a very cliche thing to say um, but what we're saying that you know like even you and saying about Rangers like there's not even the performances like so they're getting the results but the performances aren't there St Mirren are matching 
the results that, that, that you're getting, the, the performances are are really, really good, really, mm-hmm. really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, that we haven't seen from St Mirren. I don't, I don't actually know if we've seen such consistent performances from St Mirren of late because you know you would never. It's, it's little throwaways, you know, you would never think to see St Mirren in the top three, top four or anything like that, but you really can now because they're playing the style of football that, that warrants it and that, that merits it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying watching them right now and I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, They're one of the more consistent teams in the league, I would say, and that you do pretty much get this more or less the same performance from them most, almost every week. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's not enough uh, You know, when, when they've played a couple of, uh, the bigger teams but um but obviously you know, it was enough to beat Celtic and uh, it's been enough to, to win quite a few games at home as well. Six of them in the joint third, just mm-hmm. uh, behind Aberdeen on goal difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would I would say that you would I mean you would think they would finish top six at the moment. Oh they have to. I think I honestly think that it could be deemed quite a disappointment if they don't. Mm. Um and, and, and I know we're waxing yeah waxing lyrical about the, the midfield. Um but I'm a huge fan of Ryan Strain as well. Um, I, th- I think he's a, a really good source um, defensively and offensively. Um, so yeah, I, th- I honestly think that it's of no great expectation, um, or I don't think it's over. I'm um, being over ambitious to think that St Mirren should be finishing the top six this season. Absolutely. Mm. United in this game, especially the second half. Um, I think the first half was it more of a. No, actually, I think it was a. It was a three-five-two the entire time, wasn't it? Yeah, because Middleton up front. Middleton, we're, we're what? Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like a three like they've used in previous games where Jamie McGrath was on one side and Middleton was on yeah. the other. This was just uh, so interesting that they went with Middleton. They were trying to kind of get him in a lot in the channels, especially the week before as well, though. So. Especially the left channel, but it just seemed like when Fletcher came on, him and Watt together just looked really good. So. Yeah, you're bringing United. out the best of Tony Watt. Just, just do been. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why you've not done it all season, but just uh, do that. Yeah, that was <laughs> a, your best the summer. It just seemed like oh, that that worked. What Fletcher and Watt worked together, but they've just not really. What was it. flung out onto the the left wing though? Wasn't yeah, it? Aye. It was operated. Really, really, that's not where it's supposed yeah. to be. I'm not even sure. Like, I've been a bit busy in recent weeks. I'm not entirely certain whether they've done it like recently but I can't remember a time all season where I've seen Watt and Fletcher actually playing up front together no there should be a partnership yeah. because yeah. You know, Stephen Fletcher as well he's as much as we're saying that was a Stephen Fletcher performance off old at the weekend you know he's not at this age um, and at this stage in his career against many in the top flight going to be able to hold that all by himself you know he needs that support he's going to win you the ball but he's not going to go on a daisy and run or anything like that um, and you don't really want them to because you want to preserve that energy and, and let Tony Watt go and do all of that but don't fling him out onto the wing Right, let's move on to the main highlight of my weekend, and that was Hibs 1, St Johnston 2. I was there on Friday night for the end of the fight, the first introduction of VAR in Scottish football. And oh my god, Hibs should have had this game well out of sight before St Johnston done anything. St Johnston were absolute shit for 70 minutes, and it was really no surprise considering the team that they put out. I tweeted that at um, half time. The front three of. Who was, sorry, who was it on the right? Oh, aye. Uh, the front three of Dre Wright, Nicky Clark. Nicky Clark, actually. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I actually rate you as a player. You're getting uh, this wee bit of uh, stink by association dr- here. dragged down here. So, yeah, mm. Dre Wright, who, again, Dre Wright and wing back, fine. In a front three, no. Dre Wright, Nicky Clark, and Connor McLennan. Now, McLennan did put in the ball, goal, uh, sorry, Connor McLennan put in the ball for the winning goal. But other than that, I don't think he'd done too much in this game, and I continue to be like, not impressed by his prospects of becoming anything really no. in, in Scottish football um, but yeah so that was the front three with again 
Ryan McGowan in midfield, and again, <laughs> we play these part at the end. You have to kind of, have to kind of couch this with literally everyone was saying about St. Johnson, and including like Calvin Davidson it worked, finally bringing it on Stevie May. And again, it was like at 1 0. Yeah. But it's like, is this what he wants? Does he want to, is he just there to lull? in a false sense of security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Just, just make sure he's that like, Fowler's going to tweet. I know Fowler's going to tweet, so I, I've got this. I've got this. He's, he's waiting, the, the thumb's yeah. quivering over. I'd not even been drinking at that point either. Just <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, they were dreadful, they were really bad, yeah. and they done absolutely nothing. And Hibs were good. Hibs played with a lot of dynamism. Yeah. They, they, the performance from uh, Mikhail Kurachev, Kurevich, Kurevich, Kurevich. Performance of Mikolai up uh-huh. front, I thought was very impressed by him. I thought he had he's looked good in other games, but I thought it was his best game for Hibs overall. Uh-huh. Not only is he a, a big guy who's good at holding up the ball and can win headers, as he's shown. He's also, his movement's very good. Mm. And um, maybe maybe could have got one or two other goals in addition to the goal he scored. But I thought that was a, a very impressive performance. Martin Boyle, not vintage Boyle, but a, a good showing as well. There was a number of Hibs players that the team, the back three was all playing really mm. well. And then Kyle McGuinness. So I thought it was weird. I thought it was weird at the time that he, that he wasn't hooked. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was sixty minutes when they were making the change to bring on Johan, uh, myself and Patrick McPartland, who is the Hibs correspondent for the Evening News. We are discussing who we thought would come off. He thought the big guy would come off. To be fair, and he was right. Uh, I thought Kyle McGinnis should have come off instead, and I was right. <laughs> I think many Hibs fans agreed with you. Yeah. Yes, um, <laughs> by Twitter. Yeah, Lee yeah. Johnson said that he was uh, McGinnis. Uh, his running stats were still yeah. good, so that's why he was left on. He's also like taken away from perhaps you know any sort of hot-headed moment happening anyway. Um, you know, and picking up another yellow card, but he is still just coming back fresh from an injury. Yes. Should he really be trust? Not trusted. That's not the right word. But should he really be expected to yeah. play ninety minutes? I would say no, and I would also say as well, if you're looking at his stats, it's not just that. I mean, there's also mental fatigue. To the injury was never even always a ninety-minute player. Yeah, well, there's yeah. that as well. <laughs> yeah, yep. you're just going to get concerned he's going to break down again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do our same in the gym, Kyle. He looks just like a just he's too a big. Unit. Yeah, he does. I he does look yeah. quite. Yeah, uh, yeah. A yeah, unit. Well, yes, but I, I thought two bad tackles as well. Like yeah, proper. Like there's no no question dubious. that they weren't they weren't bookings. They're not red cards, but you know they're. They're getting that way. They mm-hmm. with the uh, you know orange a wee, bit, a wee bit more force, and <laughs> oh, they would God. have been both red cards. I think so. Just yeah, poor. I would say uh, the decision to leave him on, and um, and then uh, and then Sir Johnson came out to play after that. Uh, Bizarre. Then Porteous. <sighs> I enjoyed that. Leave say- up, Holly. <laughs> no. No, that is uh, and you know, Jim Goodwin, Tony, Tony, and I. I'll call him what I like. Um, <laughs> Tony and I. Uh, well, t- Tony had made the the point in the in the group chat, but that, I, I think that is is something that that's the biggest flaw in his game. Um, to me, is not not being in the rash tackles because he had he actually has never done that. Oh, you very regularly. Yeah, he's, he's. I think more or less kept it to Rangers games for some reason. And uh, I wonder why. Yeah, because he likes to like, get like sign, give sign photos of himself getting sent off against Rangers for some reason. <laughs> anyway, um, in, in games that they get beat, <laughs> so right. Ryan Porteous is going to be is exactly why yeah. I do it. Well, 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 well. Yeah. each to their own. But uh, paddle next week. But, but yeah, but it's, what was a bigger flaw in his game is pretending he's been filled when he hasn't been, and he's he is going to have to remember that VAR is is here now. And, and Martin Boyle. get away with that. You yeah, well, Martin Boyle also. Um, he is definitely a, what Jim Goodwin called uh, 
right Porteous. Um, so you you do. I think he does need to remember that you're a big lad. You just head the ball away, and don't let Nicky Clark, you know, putting two hands on your back mean that you just fall over and think you'll win a header. Uh, you'll win a free kick. Um, that was that was really poor. I thought, and uh, and just just sort of weak and and a time in the game where you need to you you really needed to step up and sort of see them over the line. So, um, so yeah, the nation sweetheart has uh, taken a couple of steps back. I would say. Um, <laughs> In the, in the game of Friday. How long have you had that waiting? To, the nation's sweetheart. <coughs> well, a while since. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked him as much as anyone after that game in, uh, against Ukraine. And then there was, a, there was another good. There was another good week. There was another. There was another goal for him. It was another good week. He was always going to fuck one? up, and he did. <laughs> so uh, yeah, <clears throat> fuck your IDs up. <laughs> I would say Porto. Right, let's move on to our final game. Kilmarnock 1, Ross County 0. Amy? I think I watched a different game to Malky McKay. Um, I watched this game on Saturday and I was not totally um, enthralled by it. Certainly not from a, a Ross County perspective. And I was slightly surprised, largely surprised, that Malky McKay came out and said that he was proud of his players, the effort that they put in, thought they came down to, to Ayrshire and, and put in a decent performance. I don't really think that they did in all honesty I, I easily could have been filing at this point and missed every single opportunity um, you know there were there were moments there were a few late chances remember was, that's exactly there, there, what you were doing I think yeah but that doesn't make a great performance that in no. at the, at the depth that you, at 1-0 down and I tip uh, you know it uh, away, away it from a, a team that's got the same points it as you as well. epitomises a six-pointer, doesn't it? Like yeah, it's yeah. A, it is a, a footballing cliche, um, but it, it really, really was. Um, and especially with the result for St. Johnson the night before as well, that seems slightly pulling away. Obviously, St. Mirren ended up getting that late, um, late-ish winner, so the, the Dundee United are, are still down there with them. Um, but this was a, a huge game no matter what. But from the off, I thought... Kilmarnock came flying at the traps and easily could have been I think at half time you know if you were Derek McInnes I think you would just totally be scratching your head as to how you weren't 3-4 goals up um, mm. they, they really were they even actually didn't even need to be that good I think Ross County were that bad the gaping holes in the county shape I, I, if you ask me what formation Ross County were attempting to play I'm not entirely sure I looked up in Weisscott earlier mm. right okay uh, I think it was four at the back, but at times <laughs> yeah, was. there was two, and at times there, there mm. were six. Um, it, it was the the the, 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 goal the, was the a bad gaps. Look. They were just the, all the gaps place. were uh, horrendous, and the goal epitomises that as well. That it's it's there's no clearance from mm. from the um, from the defence. It's a simple ball back over um, from power. It's a nice little flick on, and then it is. I don't want to take it away because it's a, it's a terrific finish from Danny Armstrong. There's a lot that he still yeah. has to do. Um, I know there's the slip of, of mm-hmm. Ross Laidlaw, but he still, it's um, it's kind of what we were saying about Miofsky's as well. It's a very nice finish, a curling finish, um, and he proper caresses it into the back of the net. And Danny Armstrong's confidence is, is sky high right now, and rightly so. Um, but I think you could really see that from Kilmarnock from the off as well, that you know there, there was a swagger about their play. They were really zipping the ball about with a, with a bit of pace. And I think that eventually died to death towards the end of the first half letting um, Ross County have a few chances I think maybe um, Zach Hemming did maybe need to pull out one save but nothing nothing that you would be not expecting your goalkeeper to save and that's why I, t- I don't really understand what Malcolm McKay was saying 
after the, the second half, they, they did come out the better side and for 15 minutes were pressing on Kilmarnock, absolutely. Um, and then there were a few decent saves from uh, Jordan White, uh, Yandanda, and I think um, Awura Edwards was certainly the, the, the most influential for me. Mm. But after 60 minute mark, that was it. You know, it was very um, comfortable for, for Kilmarnock to see out. And I think that's something that I think will please Derek McInnes a lot as well because especially just um, obviously the other week, being unable to see that out against Hearts, obviously it's a wonder goal from um, Nathaniel Atkinson to Nariaka. Nariaka. Um so you can you know that's just a moment of quality sort of thing. It's not more that come on it couldn't see it out. Um but there was a lot of good things and positives for for the for Kilmarnock to take out of that and a very grueling week um, and a huge week in, the, in their season but for Ross County I, I really do worry because I don't see where the goals are coming from their defence is, is a mess right now um, their, their injuries are, are starting to pile up Ben Parrington's out who had, had been pretty impressive since mm. coming in this summer I quite liked him um, and there, there just wasn't a lot of you know, yeah. Ross Callaghan went off injured um, inside 15 minutes which obviously you lose a little bit of creativity and a little bit of um meatiness in the mm. midfield perhaps mm. um, but yeah I just really honestly don't understand the, the, the match that Malcolm McKay watched It does feel like you know obviously last season Ross County were a lot of those things but they had Charles Cook and, and yes. Hungbo mm. and now they've got Edwards who are Edwards who's he, he's great to watch up until the, just the last yeah, bit Yeah Yeah so he, He'd be great if they pair were still there Yeah yeah, remember what I said after the week oh, this is the best thing I've got right all season when everybody was like oh what a sided he is I was like let's just chill it out a bit it's one yeah. game and he was yeah. going up against Nick Daniel Atkinson not yeah. a great he defender he did like tremendous in that game though and Atkinson was taken off because he was ill so yeah. like, no. can we settle down just and he didn't score a, a sickly <laughs> and he didn't score and was taken off after an hour like, yeah. was like, like can we yeah. can we stop before he's putting the Hamden Hall of Fame yes. it's just week on week now that we're saying that we're adding and adding like oh mind how wrong we were at the beginning of the season that Ross <laughs> County could be a side and because mm. there is just no there, are, there is no evidence right now of Ross County playing well there's not any evidence of good football and mm. the, the, the fans are getting frustrated by it and you can understand because this is a huge game and you should be able to compete against Kilmarnock and I, I really don't think that they did um, I think yeah, Danny Armstrong was, was very very good um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of who, his who the fuck is he? Yeah. I know he used to play for Wraith Over yeah, I'm, aware, I'm aware of that guy yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure this is this the same guy tw- I think he's 25 as well surely where, where have you sort of been beforehand? Yeah. Um, Wraith but, but we yeah, do yeah. know um, <laughs> so that, that I'm answering my own question my own question but it was never a name that sort of stuck out mm-hmm. by the, the former county as well yeah, yeah. The the confidence is um, is 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 really there, mm. and if you can see why it was obviously a, a great header in the midweek yeah. as well, um, to to send Kelly back to Hamden, um, and Ryan Albuyuso as well. I'm a huge fan of his his stats at the weekend. That I, I got shown them, and I should have took a screenshot, and I never. But they were just they'll be all over your Kelly pages if you so desire to go and mm. look at them and consume them and drool over them because they were just they were oh they were so good. He is a, he's a real real talent, um, and. They won't be holding on to him. I know that Craig Anderson was also impressed by Jordan Jones. Um, I saw Kelly fans moaning. Yeah, he, that he, he picked d- up a wee injury early on as well and managed to brush it off. So I saw uh, Kelly fans moaning that he didn't beat anybody with the ball, but Craig was just impressed that f- continually throughout the game he took the ball 
like so far high up, high up the pitch mm. from A not to B. Not hard against Ross County. Yeah. That that's the, the the gaping holes. You know, you could probably land a helicopter in the middle of the from the defence to the midfield. It was really really worrying. I know it sounds I'm going really heavy on County mm. that I'm just that's like fine. not agreeing with Malcolm McKay. Um, that's but fine. I mean that like we are. I'm recording these <laughs> interview going. What have you just watched? I'm like my match report totally does not represent or reflect <laughs> what you've just said um, because it was just yeah mm. it was not that we had watched yeah. the this the same game and. I I get morale boosting and all of that, but I think there comes a time when you've got to go right. This isn't hard. Well, it might be Celtic. it might be blasting them in, in private and sticking up for them in public. Managers, especially these days, kind of like to do that. Mm. I'll stick my my ear against the the door next time, or I'll do a Jordan Campbell and just go in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Join in training. He he wore an Arsenal top. I'd I wear a, what, yeah. what Ross County need some something <laughs> navy, um, a Bologna. Mm. Mm. Yeah, nice, nice. Good choice. Right, that'll do us. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you guys for joining me, Amy. Bye-bye. Ewan. Goodbye. And we are going to go record the Patreon right now. So if you listen to that, some extra minutes of us talking pish, that is over at patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast, where we're getting up enough podcasts per week to fill our quota. I think we might have missed one last week, despite me having an absolute disaster with my MacBook um, getting everything erased on it and losing several, several podcasts. Several Always hours. have a backup, kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm an idiot. Anyway, sure. <laughs> goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.